Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Purcell. And I'm Timothy Plain. Each week we discuss the filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but as two film blah, blah, two filmmakers, just two filmmakers, not a blah blah, two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. Good afternoon, Timothy. Damn, Auric, if you could just get that intro right once. <laughs> I've got it right a thousand times. Just I don't Damn. get it right every time. <laughs> every you, week. You, get, every, it, you even, get it right every time. I get it right probably, I would say, seven, 60% of the time. 70%. It's the yin and the yang of our relationship, right? Well, you know, I got all excited. That's what makes the podcast work. I, yeah, but I got excited during it, and I was like, "I'm killing this thing." And then, uh, <laughs> and then I screwed up kind of once, and I was like, "No, no, I, you got it." And then I screwed up big time. Uh, but I'm you leaving got it in your in. own head. I'm gonna leave it in, you know, because uh, yeah, you always do. That's that's your style. Because I don't give a shit. I mean, I well, I care. I mean, it's not like I don't care. I care. It's just that I don't feel like you think it's funny. I just think who cares? Like it's all good, right, guys? Like if you you, you tell me if you think it, if well, you care. Let me put it to you this way: if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you hear the host can't even read the intro right, are you going to stick around or right. are you gonna be like fuck these guys? Yeah, we got really good feedback about um, how to refer uh, to women from some women listeners, um, which was really great. So I'm excited to hear if people think that I should give a shit about the intro. Or if I should just say whatever I want. <laughs> I try, <laughs> guys. It's not like I'm not trying right. over here, you know. If you're a new listener and you're listening for the first time and you just heard Ulrich flub that, you tell us if you, you actually stuck around to listen to the rest. Right. Or if you just <laughs> were like, these these idiots, click. <laughs> screw, this, screw this podcast. So a few weeks ago, you were telling us about this whole Crypt TV deal. Yeah. Whatever shook out with that. I wish I had never said anything. Um, Why? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't. Is this really... embarrassing? No, I don't necessarily feel like that's true. I just, I guess, you know, like a lot of times people don't talk about the exciting things in their lives until they're like they've already happened because you know, they don't want like don't want to jinx it or it's like they don't want us like they're superstitious or something or they don't want to say anything in case it doesn't happen. Um, and I kind of right. feel like that a little bit. Um, well, I, I mean, had a period uh, a, a few years ago where I was like, I made a commitment to not talking about things that were in the process of happening mm-hmm. because I feel like you, you run into the danger of like, you can make it sound like you're working on a lot of stuff, but if none of that stuff comes to fruition, it's just a lot of talk. Right. But I didn't say I had the deal or anything. I was just I telling know. people about what happened, but I mean... Yeah. So anyways, a long story short, I mean, basically I exchanged some more emails that week with the, the folks over there. And then, um, they had this contest that's still running. It's going to be running till October with this, um, other company called El Terror. When I was asking about, you know, the two minute short thing, he was like, Hey, do you have any 30 second trailers you can send me by tonight? Like I need to, um, we're doing this contest. And we want to submit some stuff. So I like, you know, gave him the trailer to Brother, which was like 30 seconds. And then I mm-hmm. cut a 30 second version of Stra- the Strange Thing trailer and sent it to him. You know, just on on, on faith, basically. I There's no information. There was no contest posted or anything. I was just like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'll just do this. And so I sent that to him. I didn't really hear anything. And then I got um, some submission confirmations from El Terror like that a few days later. Um and I'd sent an email to him asking what what had happened and I hadn't heard anything back. And then a week later, and then I didn't hear anything. And by just like, oh, I saw the El Terra program, like contest. It's like, you know, basically Danny Trejo 
uh, Eli Roth and one other person are going to be the judges of this thing. And mm-hmm. in, in basically October, they're going to decide like, okay, like which one of these 30 second shorts or which filmmaker, uh, is going to get a chance to, you know, direct a, a $50,000 web series basically, uh, for El Terror or, and Crypt TV together or something. Um, but I mean, yeah, so that's, that's basically, I was like, okay, so it's real. It's not like fake. Like, you know, it's actually a contest. So my submissions actually mattered. Um, but yeah, but I haven't heard from them since. Like, no, <laughs> I sent one more email a week after that, uh, just to check in and I haven't heard anything. So now I'm just like, well, they'll, if they ever get back to me, they'll get back to me. If they right. don't, they don't. I mean, who knows? Like, did they listen to the podcast where people are talking about it? Did they see anything <laughs> on Twitter where people are like asking, saying, hey, go for it. Or take the Crypt TV thing, blah. And we're like, oh, <laughs> fuck this guy. Or did I ask too many questions about the contract? And did they like, well, we just want you to send us ideas? Like, who, who knows? There's a thousand things that could have It sounds like you happened. went on a first date with this girl and then she never called you back and you're trying to figure out why. Yeah, I don't know why. Exactly. <laughs> did she not like me? Yeah, was this something I said? You know, yeah, something did, that maybe, did, maybe did, she just did, didn't... did I tell my friend Jenny and Jenny tell her or Jenny tell her boyfriend <laughs> and then her boyfriend tell her yeah. and then, oh my God, like, you know, I don't know. So yeah, just forget about it. I don't care. I mean, I, I think I, your attitude's right. If it comes back, it comes back. If it doesn't, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't really care. I mean, I care obviously because it'd be a great opportunity. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I can't let it ruin my life or affect me negatively. And I, I have a lot of other things that I'm trying to do. So it, they do some great. I mean, I went, went back to, to Crypt TV and, you know, after that, and I like, they were, they posted like more two minute shorts in between mm-hmm. when I started talking to them. And they're, they're awesome. They're these cool, well produced, beautiful little short films. And I just feel like, yeah, I, I could do one of those. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, I'll even do them under, under the constraints they had. You know, no big deal. Uh, there's lots of other things in the life in the world in the world to be excited about. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Let us know if they get back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about you, man? What's what's new? I was so excited because when I wrote the outline, what I wrote into this daily struggle was the spirit machine is done! Exclamation point. Yep. Exclamation point. I see it right here exclamation point is it is it, not, is it not done as you can tell by the sound of my voice it is not done what happened uh, <laughs> i had the worst day it's not the worst day but it just i had a really bad day yesterday oh really i went to we had the a mix scheduled for the spirit machine in la with the company and i was really excited to go and finish up the movie and i had i kind of started telling people like final mix is scheduled we're going to be done i'm going to i'm going to send out the the final kickstarter email i got all my all the surveys ready like i'm ready to go all i got to do is mix it well the mix is not going to be as easy as i thought oh yeah why is so that i i kind of underestimated how much work needed to go into it and uh, the, the company that was mixing it didn't really tell me how much work there was going to be to get the project like in in a place where we could even like start messing with it. So when I got to the mix session and they played for me like all, all the Pro Tools sessions that we got from about like 10 different sound designers like conglomerated into one like master project. Wow. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, this doesn't sound like the sound the the audio that i approved like when i worked with the sound designers like we we kind of did a little bit of a premix and i kind of know what it sounds like because i've been listening to it 
some cases for years. And there are sounds missing, things just that weren't mixed right. And so at first I was like, what did they do to my movie? But then as we dug into it deeper, I realized they were just missing stuff in general or things that weren't linked up correctly. Oh, yeah. We were trying to find. Yeah, missing assets. We were trying to find um, file or sounds that I thought were missing and they weren't in the project at all. And I was just like freaking out because like, I went there thinking we were just going to sit down, listen to it, make a few tweaks, and boom, be done. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't take two hours, but it's not going to take days. Well, at this point, it's going to take days because they have to go in, they have to open up all the Pro Tools projects again, they have to relink everything, and it's just going to be a huge build um, that's going to happen probably over the course of weeks, if not months. Why did you, why you have so many sound designers? Was it just because you did th- things in stages or what's uh Yeah, I did things in stages. So I had, I, I tried to get sound designers to take on as big as a project as they can or as much of the project as they could. But most of them were really shy about taking on too much. So I was able to talk like different people into different amounts of work. So like I talked one guy into just doing the background sounds for like half of the movie and another guy into doing like all the dialogue cleanup and ADR and then another guy to do like two scenes, another guy three scenes, another guy one scene. And, and you never got it, got somebody to like just take all those projects and bring them together. You only, only had them in, from the individual sound designers. I had a few of them that were kind of combined into one project and then I had others that were like individual and the idea was just to give everything to the mixer and they would kind of join it all together and it would be easy no. a happy marriage well, but what I, could, what I, I realized I would have known that <laughs> yeah having dealt with sound designers recently I would have known that, that well I would have guessed that that would have been really tricky you know yeah. so it's like <laughs> It's not organized. Like every project is organized differently. They have, in some cases, like 50 different audio tracks, you know, and they're not labeled. So it's like, where's the sound of the spirit screaming? And and the mixer is kind of like, just has to go through like one at a time trying to find it. Oh my Uh, God. Is it this one? Is it this one? So it was just really slow. Wow. Uh, I got there. I got there at six and I stayed until about 11. And by. By probably around 10 o'clock, we had kind of whipped it into shape and, and come up with a good game plan. And then we we skipped some of the harder scenes and just kind of went into the scenes that were mostly just dialogue and got those in a good shape. So I'd say like roughly half of the movie is mixed. Mm. But he has to go back in on his free time and, and relink a bunch of stuff that's just going to it's just going to take time. That's really it. It's just time at this point. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and you're obviously not paying him a lot. Uh, I'm not paying him. Yeah. And I feel bad because, you know, I didn't think it was going to become a big job. I thought I thought it was going to be like maybe a day's work, mm-hmm. but it looks like it's going to turn into maybe like a week or two of work. Right. Wow. Like 40 to 80 hours. Damn, man. That's the, well, that's the story yeah. of filmmaking, right? When you think so you're done. So bummed, though. It's just I like, thought I was done. I was like, yeah. I was. I saw the finish line. Just about to run over it. Yeah, it's it's funny how sometimes the things uh, that you least expect become like a bigger deal. Like, I, I, I don't know if I could say I've had the exact same thing happen to me before, but I've definitely been in a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be easy. It's going to be a little boom, boom, bam. And then you give it to the person <laughs> who needs to do it. And they're like, it's not a boom, boom, bam. It's not even like close to a boom, boom, bam. It's a, you know, yeah. boom, bap, beam, boom, ba, bam, boom, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Or, you know, a thousand <laughs> times longer than that. 
Yeah, wow. so Bummer, man. it was really disheartening. I, I just had it was a it was a tough night last night. I was not happy. I went into the session like in a bad mood. I left feeling more confident. Like I went in, and when I saw things, I was like, "Wow, it's like it's dead. Like my movie's dead. It's like it's it's in shambles. Like I don't know how we even fix it from here." My to at the least, dead. At, <laughs> at the end of the night, it was like, "Okay, it's here. I can hear it. It's all there. We just need to." spend the time to kind of get into shape so yeah uh, it was scary though for a second i was like oh my gosh what am i gonna do this well you waited this long you can wait a little longer right <laughs> yeah it just sucks because this pretty much today is the four year anniversary of raising the money and i really wanted to send out a kickstarter update today and just let everyone know it's done uh. but i feel like i can't confidently say it's done until it's actually done because if anybody calls me out on it and says can i watch it then i'd have to tell them the truth like no actually you can't because it's not done they're like but you just said it's done so i want to be fair and say it's done when it's really done and then if somebody needs to see it right away to because there are people that are pissed at me then are there people how many people are actually pissed at you like literally i think it's two and are they like people who gave a lot of money to you or no 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 but it's still it still hurts to it's like hear it's that, like the one of the it's like two of the one dollar backers who just gave a buck are like Fuck uh, maybe twenty dollars maybe 50 yeah um it's not like a huge amount of money but right. it's still just like i feel bad because i told everyone when i raised the money it would take me a year and four years later i'm still not done and it just keeps dragging on and on and on and right. it's like it's hard it's hard to face people when they ask you like when's your movie going to be done and you don't have an answer for them or you give them an answer and then you can't follow through like i've been telling people the movie's going to be done end of july for a while now and now i have to go back on my word again again right always well it's what happens i mean yeah but to like go back to your crypt tv thing it's like you get excited about these things and you want to tell people yeah and so you say it i say it i said it out loud july 25th i'm mixing my movie and then I see. I don't happen. think there's anything wrong with that though, because as long as you're owning up to it and you're like, "This is what happened," you know, yeah. like, what is someone going to be like? Well, you said it's going to be ready. It's supposed <laughs> to be ready, and it's not. Right. So you're you're a dick. It's like right. I guess the awkward position that I'm in now is that I'm not sending updates to backers, mm -hmm. and probably the the more responsible way to have done it the whole time is just keep on sending updates. Right. But what happened was because it dragged out for so long and like I was so confident so many times throughout the process that eventually one of my friends said you got to stop sending out updates you got to stop saying like sorry you got to stop like saying well, you're going to be done and not not delivering on it and have an excuse he's like it's so tiring and at this point it'd be better just to like not do an update until it's done and just either people forget about it or they just forget about how much time has passed. But if you keep reminding them it's not done, they're going to get more pissed. Well, how so how long from your from your last update? So like you you gave update recently, but what was it's a, been a year. So you get it was a year in between updates. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know if I believe in your friend's theory. I think, you know, you got to like just keep people updated on what's going on. But yeah, I don't think you have to be excessive. But I think six, <laughs> six months, you know, or a year in between updates. So how many and how many updates were you doing before that point? Maybe every like month or two. Month or two across. For like the first year. Okay. 
Yeah. For the first year. And then, then after that Ooh. first year, did you just stop for like a year or? No, it'd be like three months and then six months. And then the last one was a year ago. Yeah. I think the three, three months, six months seems pretty reasonable, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean a whole year. Yeah. I don't know. I know. It's understandable. At this point, I'm just like, I always feel like it's almost about to be done. So I'm like, ah, why send out an update now? It's almost done. You know, and then another month passes and then you're like, oh, well, it's almost done. And then another month passes. And before you know it, like all this time has passed. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like at the final stage. It's like, why send out an, an update that says I'm almost done. I'm just waiting to get my mix finished. Right. When it's like, it's probably only like a few weeks, like what, a few weeks away. What's a few weeks? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're, well, you, you just gave out updates. I don't think you need to give an update until. Yeah. Or, or I mean, if you want to give an update because you said it was going to be done on the twenty fifth, or whatever. Did you say no, that? No, I on... didn't. Oh, okay, I didn't say, and I didn't tell anyone Kickstarter. I just, oh. I've, I've tweeted it out, and I've told people individually. I probably oh, said something okay. on the podcast. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, well, that's fine. Podcast listeners, I'm sorry if you are a backer of the movie. I'm sorry. Well, at least people are all. Well, no, they're not all filmmakers, but a lot of our listeners are filmmakers, so I think they can all relate to this. You know. Uh, which is cool. Quick, quick shout out. I mean, I should have just tweeted at this guy, but I was just so busy. Uh, but somebody said on the, the podcast Twitter, like about, oh yeah, so great to hear that someone else is like AD'd and produced a movie too, that I'm not the only crazy person out there who does that. So <laughs> I just thought that was really yeah. sweet. It was fun to just hear from, from somebody who can relate to the struggle, the pain. Um, you know, let's, let's do a proper shout out. That was from, oh geez. See, look, you're like, you're so organized. You're the best. <laughs> Hold on. Pulling it up. Yeah. Stand by, stand by. See your style. My style. My style's like, I remember this one time, this guy or this person on Twitter, you know, <laughs> tweeted this thing. And so, yeah, shout out to that person. And you're so like, it's from at mass gravette. Oh, mass gravette. Right. Yeah. Cool. So I'm guessing a woman. Let's say it's a woman. Say Even it's if it's woman. not a woman, let's say it's a woman because we just need more female presence on the show. Yeah. Uh, you guys always make me feel better, LOL. I thought I was the only idiot trying to be a first AD and producer at the same time. Yeah. Thank you for that comment. That's very, very awesome. All right. Do you want to just dive right into this topic here? Yeah. Let's um, jump over to this next topic. Yeah. Um, one of the listeners of the show, Ronnie Allman, he is trying to do this website where he wants to sell shorts for a dollar i only know preliminarily about it because he was texting me after the episode where we were talking about guests and he's like oh maybe i can come on your podcast and, and talk a uh, talk about like how to make money with short films so sorry ronnie you're not on here talking about it we're going to talk about your website but we also want to bring up like last week when we talked to kyle he was saying like forget about like trying to make money with short films like if you want to monetize your skills as a short filmmaker then pursue a web series Mm. so we have kyle's theory which is like a web series is how you make money with short format stuff and then we have ronnie who's kind of pursuing this business model where he's going to curate short films and then sell them for a dollar each on a website i'm wondering what you think what do you think what are your first impressions of of let's say Ronnie's idea first of all it's like do you think that you can make money with short films if you're selling them for a dollar a pop I don't know uh it's for the real answer to the question I uh <laughs> you said this to me and I went on to Facebook to this post that he put put out about um, the idea and the website and everything and I uh I, I went back and forth with him with a bunch of comments about it 
And, uh, you know, I just feel like as a filmmaker, it's, it's sort of a tough thing to want to dive into because you're really limiting yourself with um, exposure by doing that, you know? So a guy, he's a listener and a friend, the someone uh, film, he's on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, he did this with his film. He put it on Vimeo uh, on the premium service, charged a dollar. And, uh, and he, he basically, like, he got a lot of hits on the trailer that's online. And then basically that brought people into to paying for it. So he like re really, I think he made something like, I don't know, he got like 500 or a thousand hits on there. So that's like, mm -hmm. you know, a thousand dollars right there or whatever. And I mean, that's pretty awesome to like make that kind of money, you know, just from a short film that you put online and charge a dollar. It's like, okay, so there's audiences on Vimeo already doing this. You know, Ronnie's website, it's going to have to really bring a lot to the table as far as uh outreach and 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 presence you know within the industry like he's gonna really right. have to like somehow get a lot of eyeballs to his site and i mean that's really challenging to do and i mean there's so many services out there that do this that like you know either have short films that they curate or um just feature films or whatever there's like sites like film do or there's a whole bunch of these sites that have right. Like it's almost like if if Ronnie already owned the website Short of the Week, and then he said, and in addition to Short of the Week, I'm gonna all all the back catalog films I'm gonna rent for a dollar, and you can watch any of them for a dollar. Then it's like you're leveraging your brand. You already have people coming right. to your website. But if you're building something from the ground up, it's like why would people go to your website instead of to YouTube where you can get a video for free, right. or to Vimeo, which is already an established platform, and rent a video from there? Yeah. Like what makes your website special? If you can get a partner, like maybe you can get Ron Howard to endorse it or something. Let's <laughs> right. be like Ron. Ron Howard brings you short films for a dollar. Right. That's that's the way to get people there. I I feel like it's I've seen people try to do this before, and that's what I told him too. It's like I'm pretty sure I've seen people try to sell shorts for a dollar, and he asked me which sites they were, and I couldn't find them because I think they all went out of business. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I just think that like yeah, it's like he has to create a brand that's popular. And then he has to, you know, get people to want to watch the movies on his site that are part of his brand. And then when he's there, that that's like, that's one thing he has to do. And then after that, he has to convince people to pay a dollar for them. So it's like, right. that's just kind of a lot, I think. It's a lot to ask. And I mean, especially like, so like not only do you have to compete with, with like other paid services, but you have to just compete with Vimeo and YouTube that have them for free. And then if you already like watch things on Vimeo or YouTube and you wanted to buy things for a dollar, there's YouTube Red and yeah, then Vimeo Premium, like we already talked about. So it's like, yeah, there's already, competition. yeah, there's already services doing the exact same thing. Um, it's like he has to bring a lot to the table in order for it to, to actually work. You know, I'm not saying it can't work. I'm not saying it's not a great idea. I'm just saying that. You know, he has to have an ace in the hole that's really going to, you know, bring this in, bring this home, you know? Yeah. And I think Kyle's, uh, Kyle's idea is more of like the traditional route where it's like you don't expect to make money with a short film. You make a short film as like a calling card. Mm -hmm. You put everything you have into a short film and then you leverage that into doing something bigger. And in, in his case, he's saying let's do it. You should do a web series because that's like a natural way to like 
foray into longer format stuff, but it's still a short format. Yeah. In, yeah. But web series yeah, are chunks are typical because like there's so many web series that people self produce and they just put it out into the world. And th- those are just like short films. It's like you put them out there and like you just get a few thousand views at best per episode. And then what do you do? It's like, yeah, maybe you're making a little bit of money on that ad revenue that through YouTube or Vimeo or whatever. But I mean, you're probably, maybe you're not even doing that. Maybe you're just doing it without ads and just trying to get people to watch it. It's like, I think what Kyle was talking about with web series was, it wasn't like do your own web series. It was like, no, like, like find pitch a, a studio. Yeah. Pitch a web a series network. to a network or a studio and get them to pay for it. But then that's like, yeah. well, what the fuck are we trying to do anyways? Like, <laughs> I want to I pitch to a studio or network anything, you know, like right. web series, short film, feature, you know, commer- whatever, you know, like, but I mean, I think getting to the place where you're able to pitch things to somebody is tough enough. Like, like my friend, <laughs> my friend the other day, like not, it wasn't the other day, it was like a year ago, a buddy of mine, he's like, oh, I got an idea for you. I was, it was like, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this like, great idea for you. And then like, he was like. Netflix series and I was like yeah I mean I'd love yeah, to do love a, that. to do a Netflix series so I was like what's your idea he's like do a Netflix series bro it's like what do you mean do a Netflix series like I'm gonna just call Netflix up and be like hey yeah I want to do a fucking series on Netflix man like me let's do it <laughs> it's just right. it's that it's like that's what everybody wants you know so I don't know I, I think it's a tough game but uh I think any way you can get someone to pay for your content is the way to go. Like, I love what you, we talked about this like a long time ago on the podcast. You'd mentioned like, yeah, like get, get like Doritos to like, you know, fund, <laughs> right. fund your feature and like do it like the Doritos feature or something, you know? It's like, yeah, <laughs> right. that's a great idea. Let's do it. Doritos. Do it. But how do you find Doritos? How do you get Doritos to buy off on it? See you, but you could get, I can do you it. Could do I it. know those clients. You know, those people, you could go, you right. could set up a meeting with Doritos and pitch them this idea. And, You'd be like, yeah, it's gonna cost you like you know a fraction of what cost, it costs. Cost it's gonna cost you a million dollars, the same amount of money you spend on a thirty-second spot, but you're gonna get a feature film, right? And product placement throughout the film will have people say Doritos four times. Yeah, you'll have your name at the front of the film. Doritos presents. Yeah, a Doritos <laughs> production, whatever the fuck. Right. You know, and if it's awesome, like just imagine that Doritos had sponsored Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. it became this hit. Mm-hmm. Then your name would be associated with this awesome, cool show or this right. awesome, cool movie. What What's there not to love about that? Right. Exactly. I mean, and and for a million dollars, you could probably even get like some you know pretty decent talent involved. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah I mean, everyone wins, right? So. You should you should go pitch that to Doritos like some some point. No, come on, do it. I know you're not going to, but you should. It'd be it'd be awesome. I should. I haven't really found the way in for that, but yeah, I think it's probably a good idea. So, what do you think in general? Do you think that filmmakers should even be thinking about making money on shorts or? It sounds like you're probably more in the camp of like shorts are a calling card. You make shorts for fun, not to make money. Yeah, I am in that camp. But I think if you are going to try to make shorts for money, like there's very successful proven ways that people have done this. You know, the the CG bros, they're they're the great example of of one of these uh, brands that have like, you know, created a YouTube channel, got a ton of subscribers and they get a ton of content and they get ads on all that content. And, and they're probably, I mean, I don't know how much money they're making, but they're probably making pretty good money on that. Cause you know, they have like thousands and thousands of videos on there and many with over a million hits. 
And, uh, you know, if you can get a million hits, that's like $10,000 in, in ad money or whatever. So like, you know, if you have, you know, a whole bunch that have over a million hits, that's like a lot of money that you're bringing in right there. You know, yeah, so I'm going to actually look, there's a, there's a website called social blade. Oh yeah. And you can type in a channel. So I'll type in CG bros and it'll tell me, it'll estimate how much money they're making. Oh wow. Cool. Yeah. Let's see if I can do this. Cause I think like, that's what a lot of people have done. Like I know this guy, uh, he's a young actor. He's like, um, probably like 21 or 22 and he has a YouTube channel. I think he, he reached a hundred subscribers on it. A hundred, hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> it's like a hundred. It. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred thousand. And, uh, they sent him a plaque and everything and all this stuff. And, you know, it's a pretty big deal. And I mean, you know, he just does little like cell phone videos and like, I think some bigger content, you know, but people watch that shit and love it. So I think, I think that myth, that model is probably more successful. But I mean, you know, if you want to make movies of a certain caliber, like how many movies can you literally make, you know, a week or a month, you know, and, and put them onto your site? Cause I think it's all about, it's not, it's not just about quality. It's about quantity. So it's like, you have to release a new movie or a new video every week, you know? And I think like right, to keep people interested. Yeah. And I think the people who are doing that are doing well. Like there's these guys I met uh, in Toronto when I was, uh, there for a strange thing. And, um, they, uh, they're called boo. Yeah. Productions. And mm-hmm. they do comedy skits and they did a, a comedy horror short film that was in the film festival, which is fucking awesome. Um, I don't know if it's online yet, but if it is, I'll put it, put it in the show notes, but I'll definitely put their YouTube channel in the show notes and they just do these really silly, like ridiculous videos. And I think, I don't know how many subscribers they have, but I think they're in the, 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 the thousands, you know, 50,000, 60,000, something like that, you know? Um, and I, I don't, I wonder how much they bring in, but I'm sure they, sure it's not too bad. Uh, yeah. So I got I got this up on Social Blade, the CG Bros, and this is a big swing of, of money. So it's hard to say exactly what they're making. Estimated monthly earnings between three and a half thousand and fifty five thousand. Wow, interesting. And then estimated yearly earnings are between forty one thousand and six hundred and fifty eight thousand. Damn! So it's like you it's know, a big swing. It's a pretty big swing. <laughs> yeah. But like, let's say they were in the middle of that. That would be yeah. what, like, like let's just say like two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, two two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand a year. They have uh, wow. right now nine hundred and thirty seven thousand subscribers, or they're approaching a million subscribers at this point. Wow, see that's that's pretty rock solid right there, you know. And I think that's kind of what you have to like. I think that's how you make money on short films or or short form content is you create a brand, get people to dig it bring up the subscribers, make money on the ads. I, I mean, I I don't know. Like that's like a proven method that's worked for people, you know? Right. Um, but. And I think you have to do it for free for a while. Oh yeah. I think, you know, you, for it's the, it's the whole freemium model is like you offer something for free, you get a bunch of people on board. And then once you hit critical mass, then you start monetizing it. And you like you you add the advertising. Oh, I wonder. You know. I wonder if they added advertising later, or if they just did advertising from the beginning. That's it. That would be interesting. Probably these guys uh, with like a YouTube channel. I'm guessing it's it's probably you just add advertising from the beginning. Yeah. But if you're going to build your own website, like I would assume, like if you did more short of the week style, where you 
prove that you can curate really good content. And then after people come on board and you become popular enough, then you put stuff behind a wall and you start charging for it. Yeah. And same thing with like podcasts too. People give podcasts away for free. And right. then a lot of podcasts is the back catalog is in you like you have a subscription based back catalog that, that people can then you can generate revenue from that podcasts are still free every week but then if you want to go farther back you pay for it right exactly yeah i mean i don't know i feel like but like short of the week they don't even charge for their short films do they no but I just, i'm just bringing them up as a point of like right if if you went that route and you became as popular as they did i think they could figure out a business model to make money but i mean they're probably making money on ads and sponsorships yeah, probably and right now they stuff. just do the ad, ad thing yeah Ads is where it at. Ads pay for everything, man. Hell yeah, dude. It goes back to commercials, <laughs> you know. Um, Always does. Yeah, but I mean, my my whole thing is is just like, yeah, like, like you wrote here about Crypt TV, like what they're doing. They're basically doing the same thing that CG Bros is doing. You know, they're just like, you know, getting views, charging for advertising, getting sponsorship and just, you know, growing in that way. And uh, I think that's the way you do it if you want to do it. But I think you need to have like a lot of like that. You have to do it for free for a while. You have to put a lot of capital up front and uh, you have to generate or accumulate a lot of content. And uh, that's just not what I'm interested in doing. Like I want to make movies like I don't want to be um, a media co- provider you know <laughs> which <laughs> right. is basically what you're you're gonna become if you if you do it the way that we're we're talking about you know yeah what about you what do you what do you think are you gonna try to like you know figure out a way to make money on your short form content is that your next no thing? because i'm not i'm not interested in short form content if i want to make money on something i want to make money on a feature film yeah I feel, and I feel like there's a better business plan for that. I mean, there's there's never been a good way to make money on shorts. I think now there's things that are emerging, which is awesome. But it seems like it's and probably what Ronnie's trying to solve is like, yeah, people are make, making money on shorts, but it's not the filmmakers. Right. Like CG Bros is making money off of other people's short films. Right. After our short films. <laughs> on off of our short our short <laughs> films are on their, on their channel. So I think yeah. Ronnie's trying to solve is like, as a, as a short filmmaker, how do you make money? And it's right. never, there's never been a model for filmmakers to make money in shorts. Like I remember years ago when I went to the film festival and attended a screening on like making money with shorts, they're just like, you'd be lucky to make like a thousand dollars on your short film. Yeah. Like you'll never make your money back. And most short films cost more than a thousand dollars. So it, to me, they're, they're an investment. They'll probably always be an investment. And I think it's just, it's going to, it's not a, a money making business. And I, I think if you want to make money, you have to think of longer format stuff because I just don't think people are, are going to be willing to pay for short films. They'll be they're willing to watch advertising in front of a short film, but to ask people to pay a dollar, I just don't think they will because they can get short films for free on so many platforms. Right. I I pretty much exactly agree with that. I mean, I I, I like the short form content like as a medium, like I love telling stories in that in that way, but I basically just can't do it anymore. If, out of my own pocket. Like if I'm going to do it, like someone else has to pay for it, you know, whether it be, you know, another filmmaker that I'm like producing it for, or if it's like somebody who wants to give me money to make a short film or whatever, for whatever reason, or, or, or even if it's like, yeah, like let's say Uber was uh, smart enough to realize that I would be a great filmmaker to make a short film featuring Uber and like have it be an Uber branded short film. I would love to do that as long as they foot the bill, you know? And I think these companies are doing that. I'm, I, I, I'm not really hip enough to it, but I was at, um, 
I was at Jawbone like a couple of years ago. And you know Jawbone? Uh, yeah, the Bluetooth headsets. Yeah, 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 and and uh, and Bluetooth speakers and stuff. Um, so I was over there and I saw all these posters around their their uh, office, where it's like a film produced by Jawbone or a Jaw Jawbone film. And I and I don't know if it was a joke or if it was for real, <laughs> but right. uh, but I was like, man, this is a shit. Like I gotta get fucking Jawbone to like you know let me direct one of these Jawbone movies if this is actually a real thing and not just like the way they label their conference rooms, which it could have just been like the way that they label each of their conference rooms or whatever. Um, but I, I didn't actually look into it at all to see, but, uh, but I mean, these startups, man, they have so much money. It's like, fuck, <laughs> they're the ones who should be paying for our films, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I just think got to figure out a way for someone to give me a budget to make something. And, uh, yeah, I feel like short form content is, uh, I mean, I think it's the way if you can find an advertiser who wants to do that, but I think as just for, you know, trying to make money on a short film, I just, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Topic number two, talking positively about yourself and your projects. Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with this. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know you don't, this is all about me. Right. This is about Timothy. I mean, I understand, like I can, I can sympathize with this, but, uh, you know, why don't you take it away and t tell us where this is coming from? Well, when I was in Barcelona, I was talking to a producer that about my short films and I was talking to him specifically about the spirit machine and, um, I described him the premise and he was like, Oh, that sounds so cool. It's so cool. I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's not great. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, it opens. I mean, the first scene is good. The middle is okay. The end is pretty good. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with it. You know, it's just like really underselling it. But um, did you end with like? But I'm really proud of it. And I'm I'm happy with what I did. No, no, geez, see, that's, <laughs> no. you got to end with that, bro. Let's yeah. put some caps. It, you know. So he he would like had this impression about what my movie was based off of how I was telling him about it. And then he went and saw the first scene and the next day I saw him, he's like, dude, that was awesome. Like, I can't believe that you talked about it the way you did. Like, it looks so amazing. Yeah. And he's like, he told me like straight up, like you need to learn how, how to sell yourself better. And so I was like thinking about it. I was like, how, like I can do it and I do do it. Like I, like if you read my Kickstarter updates, I sound so positive And so like in love with my film, but it's all lies. Like, it's not, okay, take that back. It's not lies. It's just accessing a part of me that's like, to me, a little bit egotistical. And so sometimes I feel like I default to the the more like humble person that like sees the faults in their work because I feel like that's more real and honest. And I worry if I like try to fake it too much and be like, oh, there's so many cool things. Like the effects are so cool. And I'm, like the story's so awesome that, I'll just come across as a total dick. <laughs> and so I think that I default the other way. I need to find like the right balance right? Uh, to, to make sure that I can like talk about the strengths of my work and myself without also just clouding it and just like all, all the fit, the faults that I have. And like I embrace being able to uh, know where I'm weak because I think that helps me get stronger, but I need to learn not to, that I don't need to tell other people in order for that to still be a strength of mine. Right. Well, you don't want to be the person who like, you know, you ask like, what kind of movies do you make? And they're like, we make really powerful, passionate, important films. <laughs> and, and then, you know, cause that is just like the worst answer ever. It's like, oh yeah, your movies are so important and passionate <laughs> right. uh -huh. and 
they're they're touching and whatever. Like I I literally had someone say that to me once or something like that. They're like that sounds like, yeah so pretentious. Like we only make real movies or we only make uh, movies with uh you know like emotional stories at their core. You right. know like we 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 always only pick the best stories to tell in our in our in our in our features or our films. In some ways, you're like, what does that even mean? It just means you're full of shit. Is what it means. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I think, like, people don't even know when they're doing it. Like, they, they just get really excited about their projects and, and they feel like you need to be that salesman all the time. So they're trying, they just, that's how they just talk about things. That's just, exactly you know? it. It's a salesman thing. Like, I feel like when I'm selling my movie in a positive way, I feel like a salesman. Right. And I want to be real and authentic, so then I end up just talking about all the things I see wrong with it. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of exactly how I present my movies. Like I think I just talk about them, like caringly, you know, and just like yeah, you know, I made this movie. It's called Strange Thing. It's a uh, it's pretty fun. It's like a sci-fi horror movie. You got like a creature in there. Uh, you know, it came out pretty good. I'm happy with it. I'm really proud of the work. And uh, yeah, I'd love to know what you think. Like that's kind of like roughly what I say. Mm-hmm. When I present the movie, I mean, but does that sound too cocky to you or too? Not the way you just said it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way to do it is like, or for me to do it, I think is to focus on the positives. Mm. So if I were to like, like there are positives in the spirit machine, I tend to focus on the negative aspects of it. Okay. Timothy, tell me about your movie, the spirit machine. I haven't heard about this before. Um, It's got a really strong opening, really strong closing, great performances. Yeah, good I, visual effects. Well, would you really say that to somebody <laughs> though? I mean, if I asked no. you, like, I, I didn't know say, anything about your movie, and I'm like, I would say, Machine, um, tell me what what is this? What is this movie you made? It's it's inspired by '80s movies. It's uh, like what I really wanted to do is like a modern day Indiana Jones story. Mm. So I was thinking of specifically Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like he's he's searching for something that has these likely supernatural powers and so i was thinking well what could i do that would take place in modern day of somebody searching for a treasure that might have supernatural See, i think this powers. is too long i'm, d- I'm just going to interrupt you because yeah this is no like, that's fine this is like the too long of an answer like if you're literally just like meeting somebody you're like on a set like do you really are you going to go into that long spiel of like where the story originated from like like that's more like the uh the the q a at, at a film festival answer you know, which would be great for that. But I mean, just like somebody, you know, you just, just like some random person, they just ask, oh yeah, you, you made a movie? If it's like a quick synopsis, I'd probably just say it's about a father and daughter searching for Thomas Edison's last you invention, go- which is a, a machine that communicates with the dead. But would you really yeah. go straight to the plot? Would you, or would you just talk about like, oh, it's like a sci-fi adventure, you know, film inspired by 80s movies. Like I was really inspired by the Raiders of the Lost Ark and you know, yeah, it's, it was fun. It was a really cool project. It's uh, it's not done yet, but I'm really really proud of the work I put into it, and I can't wait can't, can't wait to show wow. it to people. You should sell my movies. You're good at this. Yeah. <laughs> wait, say that again. How how do I do this? Um, this is good. Yeah, you're like yeah. So it's a it's a '80s uh, inspired uh, sci-fi adventure movie. Like I really love like movies like Raiders of Lost Ark. So I was just trying to do something that like kind of harkens back to that. And been working on it for a really long time. It's almost done. I'm really proud of it, and I just I just can't wait to show it to people. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that. Um, so it's a sci-fi <laughs> adventure movie, kind of inspired by like '80s movies. Like one of my favorite movies is Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I was trying to do something that harkens back to that. I've been working on it for a really long time. I'm almost done with it. I'm super excited to share it with people. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be cool. 
that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> and, and then, and then I think if I, if I, if I'm interested by that, then I would be like, Oh, so, so why does it take so long to get done? Like, you just have a lot of visual effects or something like that. Or like, what, what was the deal? And then you could just yeah. go from there and then like, you're, you're deep into it. Yeah. See, that's exactly, but that's exactly the kind of thing that I say. So I don't know if that's like what you feel like saying, but I just feel well, like I think that's interesting because, like, let's break that. Let's break that down. You didn't say anything about the story, anything about the characters. All you did was give it a wash of like, it's sci-fi fantasy '80s inspired, mm-hmm. and and you're excited about it. Like that's it. There's like no details about right. what's include what's involved in the story or what people could expect seeing it. And I like that because part of the the thing that makes a movie exciting is is um, experiencing it for the first time and sometimes it can get ruined when you hear the story yeah and sometimes i say things like oh it's like my first big short film you know i put a lot of energy into it you know but i'm really glad that it's out in the world people are getting to see it you know maybe those kinds of things but i I usually yeah i do kind of wash over and that's up to them if they want to learn more about it or if they just want to watch the link you know so you're appealing to people's sensibilities yeah i guess so i'm kind of like if you like sci-fi fantasy if you like 80s movies then you're kind of like in yeah and then like for brother like i'd almost always mention capone like oh i got this comedian from new york capone lee to star in it like he just flew out from new york and and just was in it for free and he did a great job was so awesome working with him and yeah just you know i'm really excited that uh it's out there or i don't know Hmm. why do i suck so much about talking about my stuff i don't know i think maybe you internalize it too much you know and and i've definitely done that before like i've i've said things like yeah you know i didn't i didn't really (laughs) achieve my vision like i got like it's like about 70 percent of what i wanted (laughs) right you know but like you know i'm really happy with it still and i'm I'm proud of it and you know i'd love to know what you think like those kinds of but even like jumping into the story like i do tend to just like jump right into the story or try to like give it give it a log line pitch i like your idea of just kind of washing over just like, watching over the project in general yeah. like a big generalization you know it was like i raised a lot of money yeah top top funded short film on kickstarter in 2012 <laughs> yeah yeah if you want to go there yeah exactly <laughs> no i don't know yeah i mean I, I just think like doing those kinds of things and then if they like they want to know more about it then they'll be like oh yeah so what's it about like what's the story and you know then you, then you can go into like the more the, the little Ooh. story pitch or whatever if you want to I'm going to have to start practicing this. We're going to have to go out. You'll be my wingman. Sure. My film, film, my film uh, what is that? Like film pitch wingman. Right. Hey, Ulrich, what do I say now? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, you, you got to talk about, like, you got to talk about things with, with people. Like when you meet people, it's like, I always talk about filmmaking, you know, um, I rare, I don't talk right. about the podcast gotta, as much, which, you know, is sort of weird because it's like a thing I do every week, <laughs> but <laughs> I usually just it's talk also, about the filmmaking. I feel like the podcast is more embarrassing to share with people that you meet. I'd rather people that I don't know listen to the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I, but like, I, so I was just at the shoot today all day with these two guys, like just re, re, recent SF state graduates from the film department. And we talked movies all day on the headsets, all day bullshitting about movies, this and that, like what movies we like, what movies we're trying to make, all this stuff. Did not once mention the podcast and that I was rushing home to do a podcast about filmmaking. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. they'd probably get a kick out of it. Maybe. Or they just make fun of you every time they saw you. They'd be like, Hey, Ulrich, how's the podcast going? Some people hey, do check that. Check out this guy. This guy's got a podcast. Some people <laughs> do do that, and you know when people do that, you're just like, yeah, well, what are you? You're dumb, dumb. 
<laughs> you, you just wish you had your own podcast, huh? Like some people I talk to about, they're like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. Like, you, oh man, I should do a podcast. It's like, well, you know, we'll make sure you're doing a podcast that you actually care about because like I could, we could speak from experience tonight. We both were like, like I rushed home from working all day to do this. You rushed home from work to do this. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, we both were like, man. Should we just do this I later? I would have rather just <laughs> gone to dinner, like had a few drinks and just relaxed right. tonight. But I feel now that I'm talking, I feel good. Well, yeah, because when we actually get down and start talking about things, it's really, I think it's really interesting. And like, I think yeah. I feel energized after every conversation that I have with you. Even if I don't want to do the podcast and I'm in a really shitty ass mood and I'm like tired because we had to wake up <laughs> extra early to do it before a shoot or something. Like right. I always walk away like positively affected by it you know yeah me too which is exciting Uh, speaking of staying positive through negative experiences do you want to talk about necessary evil oh boy yeah i guess so so to to recap for people who don't may not remember or whatever um about a year ago i had directed a, a like a pilot episode for a web series called necessary evil and it was like the first thing i got paid to direct that was narrative it was really cool. I worked with a great DP with a great team. I got great actors to work with. Uh, Jeff Moore, who started my, my, my second short, The Rage, was, was, I met through that project. And, uh, basically I ended up getting fired from it, basically. And, uh, after you, di- you directed like the pilot, right? Yeah, I directed the pilot. I, I hired an editor, uh, to edit it. And then the DP and I colored it together. And then, Basically, throughout that whole process, and we were like even working on a feature version of it. Like me and the and the writer, executive producer, star were like she was writing, and I was giving notes on this feature script version of the of the idea, and it just basically went south, and it was sort of like a series of miscommunications, or I guess, or whatever. And I didn't realize that they were unhappy, and because they didn't tell me they were unhappy, and you know, it it just. Basically, like I was just getting like, yeah, we don't really know what's going on with the project. We really don't know, but uh, just turn it in and you're, you know, whatever. And like, let's just get it done and, and we'll take it from here. And they basically just wanted the hard drive back from you. And I was trying to get it colored. Like, <laughs> like they were just like, like I was trying to get it colored and it was taking a long time because it was the holidays and everyone was working for free. And, uh, you know, basically it just took a little longer than they wanted to get colored. And then they were basically like, you know, don't even color it. Like, we'll just, we'll just get it back from you. And I'm like, no, we got to like make it perfect. Like if you're going to, if I'm going to hand it over to you, like I got to present it in the best way possible. So I did that. And then apparently I didn't ever hear this, but apparently they hated the color correction and they didn't like, they weren't happy with the edit in the end after they watched five or six cuts and given notes on each cut. They, they didn't, weren't happy with things. And so then when they, they did the crowdfunder crowdfunding video, they recut it in their own way. And, uh, you know, basically butchered my edit, didn't use a color correction, went back to an earlier version without color correction and just put it up that way. And, uh, everyone was really befuddled and confused. Like the DP was like, what the heck's going on? The actors came to me and were like, what, why is it uncolored? Like what's happening? Like, and I basically eventually found out that they were just, they weren't happy with the color correction. They weren't happy with some of the choices. They thought we had screwed it up in a big way, but they never communicated to it to us. And I mean, we could have changed, fixed any issue they would have had with it. Cause we, we were trying to push it and make it more like, 
true detective style. Right. And yeah. I think they wanted just to see more and, and not have things be in shadow so much. And so they basically just me and the DP were on one wavelength and like they were on a different wavelength. They didn't ever tell us that. So yeah, they just went and did their own thing and they, yeah, they raised like $12,000, $13,000 for it. And then they went and shot the first episode or whatever. And I don't really know what's going on with it now, but it was just painful because, you know, I got, I got fired off of the this thing that I directed and I put like nine months of work into. Yeah. And did you take it personally or did you, did you understand it from like a professional level? It was hard not to take it personally because of some of the things that I was being told by other people, but when it was never communicated to me by the actual people involved, but only I heard through other people. So I don't really even, that's why I didn't want to say anything. It's because it was all hearsay. It was all hearsay, you know, things being said through multiple channels before it got to me. So I don't know. And like some people I know and I really like worked on on the uh, the actual the first episode or whatever it is that they did. And so it's just sort of like it was just a sore spot. And I was really every time I would see anything about it, I would sort of be be pained by it, you know, and I even promoted it on, on the podcast because I just wanted to be like a good sport about it, you know. Yeah. But it still it was it sucked. So I just sort of buried it. And then now like this, I'm now I just don't even care anymore. I'm like, whatever, I will just, just talk about it. You yeah. Know? Oh man, that I can, I can feel your pain. That sucks. Yeah. So how, how did you stay positive throughout that experience? I just, I was doing, I just had just started doing the Muay Thai boxing at the time. So I had really just focused on, on the boxing and I just, you know, went to the gym and just kicked the shit out of the bag, you know? And just got through it that way. I don't know. I just just realized that like whether or not like they didn't they weren't happy with my work, I didn't get a chance to 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 you know to do my best job because they didn't communicate that they were not happy with it. So how mm-hmm. can I possibly make them happy if they don't even tell me? So I just kind of felt like I did the best I could. I I'm happy with the work. I'm proud of it. Uh, that version of it will never be seen anywhere. They don't even want me to put it on my reel at all. Hmm. There's no contract sign, nothing. So when I'm ready to cut my reel, I will put put it in there. And right. if they want to try to stop you, if they want to try to sue me, they can. But I mean, I, I don't know. Apparently, I don't know. I don't even want to say, but I've been, I've been hearing that they personally don't want me to have any of the, the footage from that project that is theirs on my reel. But I directed it. So that was the whole <laughs> yeah. per- reason why I did it was to get, have it for my reel. Like they paid me almost nothing. And I actually gave like half of my, my rate. Like I gave, paid me $500 and I gave half of the 500 to, well, I don't even remember what I did with it, but I paid some of the, you use my money in the budget basically from, from that. And it was just like, geez, you know, like, come on guys. Yeah. Cause I remember when you were doing that, you, you seem to have a lot of ownership of the project and you're like really collaborating with yeah. the writer on it. Oh so yeah, absolutely. It, it sucks now to like all that ownership seems to have been taken away. Like, yeah, you were there on set and you had directed the actors and, and worked with the DP, but now it's like all they undid all that work. Basically. Yeah. They just were like, Oh, we're not, we don't like this. You know, like this, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to tell a story or you don't know how to shoot dramatic, whatever. It's like kind of the th- kind of things I've been hearing from them. And I'm like, well, I disagree with you because I think that it turned out okay. You know, yeah. and, and given the fact that I wasn't able to, able to make any edits to the script whatsoever, like the script was locked in as the script. And so 
I would have done things to the script if it were me, if I, if I was able to have that kind of freedom. But I res- I knew that going in, so I just respected right. them and was like, okay, well, this is what we're doing, so I'm just going to make this as awesome as possible. And even in the edit, I didn't cut out any dialogue. Or maybe we cut out very little bit, but, you know, I just was, like, true to what they had done. And, uh, and I, yeah, and then, you know, now I'm just it's over with, you know? Yeah. But well, uh, I guess this is going to happen to everyone, that you're going to meet people, that you're going to get into making a movie with, and then find out that you guys are on, not on the same page. And it sucks that it took all the way to the end of the process to figure that out. Right. And I mean, but every step of the way, it was all positive. Like on set, it was positive. Yeah. In the edit process, it was positive. And there was only a couple times where it wasn't positive, but that was all about the feature that never even happened. That was the only mm-hmm. parts when I was giving some feedback about the script that things got a little, you know, unpleasant, you know. Um, but, uh, but we, we even recovered from that and we were all good. We were all on the same page. And then yet after that, it's still, I don't know, whatever, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not going to take it personally. And, uh, I'm, I'm over it now, obviously. And, uh, I think that it was a good experience. I learned a lot. I met some really cool people. I got to direct, you know, which is awesome. And, yeah, uh, there you go. That's the, all the positive. You have to find the positives in, in the process. And that's yeah. the key to, to figuring out the positive side of things is just look for them. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got, you got a lot of stuff out of it, even though the finished product is not yours going into it. Just think about all the great experiences you had working with those people. Right. And I mean, I could release it online if I wanted to, like I have the final, you know, I could just put it on Vimeo and just put it out into the world for people to see. I, I wouldn't do that just because I don't want to be a dick. You know, if, if they're so unhappy with it, <laughs> right. I'm not going to just release it. Uh, but I will put pieces of it in my reel because that's only fair. I want to do it either. I want to release it in the world. Yeah, it's just like, you know, what am I trying to be a dick to somebody? I mean, even if they even if they were unfair to me or weren't clear with me or said or did nasty things to me, I'm still not going to I'm not going to play that game with them. Yeah. You know, like I'm just going to That's why I didn't even say anything cuz I didn't want even want to play their game. Like I was just like, "You know what? I'm just going to say nice things." And just talk about the positives of the experience and not ever talk about the negative side of it, you know. Um, and But now I'm just like, yeah, you know what? It's like almost a year later, you know, from when we started this thing. It's like, you know what? Whatever. I can just talk about it, you know. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. I think that's valuable to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think so. I feel I better think some people, talking about it now. <laughs> I think some people are going to relate to it. And I think that the reality is that, uh, and I hear this in other interviews with people that are on a totally different level than us, that like working professionals that, that get fired all the time. That's just like part of this business, I believe. And right. like, you, you just chalk it up to experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, anyways, man, anything else to share? Anything else to talk about with this stop topic? Any final words no, about? No, but I do have something to share in uh, the share corner. Oh, you do? Oh, cool. What yeah. you got? But I want you to share yours first because I think mine's better for ending the show. Oh, uh, okay. Well, um, so this this is actually a couple weeks old now. I, I should have shared it last week, but uh, this music video for uh, the Electric Strawberry song, uh, Peeling Onions, I shot this for um, you know a friend of ours a friend, and a friend of the show, Andrew Schrader. Uh, he directed it. It was for his wife's band, Electric Strawberry. Oh, cool. And we shot it in one day. It's just this really cool kind of 
sort of high concept music video. Um, and yeah, I don't know how many views it has at this point. Like I think when, when it released, it had like a couple hundred, um, but I'm hoping it has more now. But uh, yeah, I would love for people to check it out and let me know what they think. If you know they like what we did, if they like the um, you know the concept, like the guy who did uh, some makeup work on Brother did the special effect makeup on this, so it was kind of fun to bring some people in that I'd worked with before. And you uh, working with Andrew was was amazing, and and uh, Brianna, his wife as well, the lead singer. So yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. So yeah. Check it nice. out, man. That's so cool. We'll put it in the show notes and I'll check it out. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even know you did that. Yeah, I didn't really talk about it. I probably should have talked about it when it happened. <laughs> just cause when was this? It was like in June some point. We just did it on a on a Saturday. Last month? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. I know. Awesome. I don't I never told you about it. I don't know why. No, I should have I, I didn't hear about it. I should have told a, you about it. This is news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. And now, just breaking news, Andrew and I might actually do another project together, um, which would be really fun. Um, but uh, I'll tell you more about that later when when, nice. I, when I know more. But uh, yeah. I can't wait. Is Andrew still in the Bay Area? Yeah, I think he's moving very soon, but I think he's still here for now. So yeah, we should get a drink with him if he's listening or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, here's what I got to share. Two new iTunes reviews. Oh my goodness! Two <laughs> two more new ones. Holy two shit! Two more new how ones. Many, how many do we have now, man? Uh, twenty three. Holy I think. shit! That's a lot. Um, and then we have like third total reviews plus stars is like thirty six or something. Oh like that. wow! So thank you everyone for leaving us stars and reviews. Like it's amazing. Yeah. We we jumped to number four on filmmaking podcasts. That's sometime sweet. in the last week. That's great. Awesome. All right fantastic and reinforcing a review from master seth he says whatever your experience level this podcast is both entertaining and reinforcing five stars wow awesome thanks master seth yeah thank you so much master seth which is a play on master (laughs) chef or chief maybe master chef no master chief master chief from um halo i think yeah Master Seth, you let us know what that's a, a reference to. <laughs> and then the other one is from Marcella Bella. Mm. She says, the drama, the joy, the heartbreak, the <laughs> pinnacles of success, oh, the challenges and the personal crises, not to mention the great guest podcasters. All the good stuff is here in this Indie Filmmakers podcast by Timothy and Ulrich. They share it all in their endeavor to create amazing content. I love their individually unique perspectives, as well as the structured technical discussions and even the emotional stuff. It all plays out to be consumed like a well-balanced, delicious meal. Rock on, in quotes, guys. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so Marcella. much. Marcella, and sweet. Five stars. Wow. We have yet to receive anything besides five stars. Wow. Well, that's where we're Where are all you haters? Where are they? You don't, we don't want to call it the haters. Because, you know, <laughs> haters be hating. And there's probably plenty of people who hate on our, us. So let's, yeah, uh, I'm sure. you know, hope that doesn't well, happen. They don't make it past the intro. Right. They're like, oh, that guy f- fumbled. <laughs> that guy screwed it up. Let's get, let's get out of here. Next podcast. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and and thank you to the two new iTunes reviews. That's so awesome. If you feel motivated to leave an iTunes review after hearing those, you know you can find us on iTunes. You can also just let us know what you think by sending us an email at podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or finding us on Twitter and Facebook at MMIHpodcast. 
We have a website, makingmoviesishard.com, where you can find links to all the things we talked about. You can subscribe to our show notes, or every week you can get all those links just delivered straight to your mailbox. Um, and yeah, if you love the, f- if you like the show, tell a friend, help us get the word out. And thanks, Ulrich. It's been fun. Even though I was grumpy when I started it, I feel better now. Awesome. Thank you, Timothy. It has been fun. I feel feel a lot better. I'm starving, but I do feel better. Yeah. And, Go uh, eat dinner. I'm yeah. going to do the same. Cool, man. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much.